The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer. David Faber's on assignment, but we will hear from him in a moment. Futures with a bounce on this Friday the 13th. Stock still on pace for the worst week since January. I got some optimism about China lockdowns, Bitcoin above 30K, and of course the latest in the Elon Musk Twitter circus. Our roadmap begins with, quote, still committed. Musk stirs some drama about his future on the Twitter deal, sending shares on some wild swings ahead of the open. A bottom or a bounce? Futures are poised to open sharply higher as the S&P fights off official bear market territory. And after the crypto crash, Bitcoin rallies, Robinhood shares surging as the CEO of crypto exchange FTX takes that stake. We will start with the markets as we try to end this volatile week with a bounce, Jim. Dow's down for the week, about 1,200 points. It's not unheard of you could get that, but it's going to No, I think that there, this was the week where I think people were more confused than I've seen in a long time. Dan Ives, who is, um, he's the 5 o'clock anchor, or the 6 o'clock anchor, just kidding, um, came out with a piece today which basically said, listen, I've been wrong a lot, but I've been right a lot, and so therefore this may be a great time. And I think it kind of, it's the zeitgeist. It's the zeitgeist, which is basically... Look, we're at just pre- precipice moment. I don't know which way it's going to go, but I think it's going to be positive. And I think there are a lot of people who feel we're at this precipice moment. I don't think it's going to, where it's going to go. I think it's going to be negative. And the, the, the chasm, dichotomy between those who think it's going to be good and those who be bad is the deepest I've seen since 2007. Yeah. So that's an interesting comment. NASDAQ's down 1% for six weeks. That's yeah. only happened four times. This is incredible. But you still think it's not right to be directionally long? Okay, so... Let's talk Apple, because Apple's the elephant in the room. I want to buy Apple. I upgraded it for the Chapel Trust. It's been straight down. Do I have a reason? Well, how about uh, I had Sanjay Marotra on last night, who is the CEO of a real company, Micron, and he said phones are good. Okay, phones are good. Higher-end phones are good. The only thing that's really weak is a low-end uh, PC, which is Chrome. Now, when he was on our show earlier, people misinterpreted him saying the phones were bad. Phones are good. So let's say um, she realizes that there actually is some political pressure on him. We're starting to read that there are other people who are not crazy about his view. And he says, you know what? We're done. May 5th, you know, May 17th, we're done. Well, I mean, what are you going to buy Apple? You think you get Apple 144? You're going to pay 160. So it's like I'm just going to say, all right, I'm going to pick a couple of stocks and say that they're that they've not saying line in the sand, because when you do line in the sand, then you obviously you're going to get sandbagged. But I mean, do I want to buy Apple or sell it? I want to buy Apple. Okay. Do I want to buy NVIDIA or sell it? I want to buy NVIDIA's been cut in half. I like these. Do I want to buy Metaverse or sell it? I think that Zuckerberg's doing the right thing. I mean, he's decided to not spend like a drunken sailor. Why is that bad? Do I want to buy Alphabet or sell it? I thought that, you know, yesterday, Deirdre's interview made me feel like I got to go buy this stock. So when you actually talk to the companies, like I did with Sanjay Marocho last night, you say, the multiples are so low. Business is really good. You just need one thing to go right. You need China to go right. Uh, and then you'll be saying, um, it was down, 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 down. What was I thinking? So that's kind of where I am. Yeah. 
you did you did tweet um, you need certain things to go right in right. China, right. certain things to go right in Russia. Right. You don't need them all at once. No, you don't you need don't. all of them at all. No, you don't. You just need look Russia. We're winning the war. Ukraine is us now. I mean, we changed it. It's like Lend-Lease. It's Britain. Uh, anybody who thinks that we're not winning is not looking at any of the casualty reports or watching these incredible satellite images. Uh, and and I, I really think that yesterday the most important thing that happened was that Finland, which had been defeated by Russia in 1945, decided to come out to be in NATO. Now Sweden's NATO. I mean, if everybody's NATO except for Russia, it's not good to be Russia. And by the way, China's backing away from Russia. So you've got a point where a man who obviously is out of his mind, a 70-year-old man who has lost his consciousness, who won in Chechnya in, in 2000, think he's going to do it again, clearly, uh, clearly incorrect in everything he's done. You've got real leaders in China that are now coming out that you didn't even know there were real leaders saying, you know what, maybe this policy is no good. And you want to stay short Apple? You want to be out of Apple? I mean, is that right? I don't know. I mean, is Apple having a good quarter? No. No. How many times have I said you have to stick with Apple when it's had a bad quarter? <laughs> well, ever since my daughter had a blue and a pink iPod, I've been longing. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not backing away. Now, you look at, if you take a look at a chart right now, we put up a chart right now of NVIDIA. It's the worst chart I've seen. Honestly, it's so horrible that I want to buy it. Because it's like, I look at it and say, okay, that's it. That chart is horrible. Sell NVIDIA. But wait a second. It's cut in half. They're actually doing a lot of good things in the omniverse. When I deal with Zuckerberg's people, they're actually doing well. It sells at 16 times earnings. What am I waiting for, Carl? Am I waiting for the world to end to be a buyer? So I'm just saying I see some stocks that I really like, right. and it's not Amazon. I mean, I don't really talk to people that are close to Amazon yesterday, and they're saying, listen, Amazon's gotten it better. Don't, don't, write, us, don't write them off. But, and I'm thinking, what a conversation to have. Don't write off Amazon. <laughs> Amazon, sort, yeah. six months ago, it's greatest company on earth. That's sort of where we are. On Apple, though, your, your point's interesting. B of A today says the definition of capitulation is when folks sell what they love. Yeah. Right? And that's so they it. say, watch the 100 week at 137. Right. Watch, that's a big one. The 200 week at 97. But you don't, you don't want to no, wait. You don't want to wait. I can't. I can't. I mean, you know, Tim Cook is a very smart guy. Uh, they don't have China. They've said that. They've already given you the downside of China. Every single one of the uh, phone companies wants to give you an Apple. I just bought an Apple. Uh, uh, I, my daughter doesn't watch, so it's okay for her birthday. The iPod Pro, you know, came. It's like an amazing device. And I felt like saying, well, they make something and they sell it for a profit where they buy back stock. And it's no longer an expensive stock. It's not. It's not expensive. NVIDIA, okay, NVIDIA is 23 times next year's. I'm used to 70 times next year's. Metaverse, Omniverse, whatever he wants to call it. By the way, you know, he's working. Like, I don't think people understand. He's not surfing. Like, if you, like, reach him at whatever, he's working. And he's getting the best engineers. And you've listened to John Riccatello, who is from Unity. What's happening in Omniverse is very powerful. If you listen to Jensen Wong, what's happening in Omniverse is very powerful. And if you listen to Wall Street, these guys are all a bunch of clowns who lost their minds. And it's time to be throw your bat, your whole everything in with Sam Bankman-Fried and with Alicia Haas at Coinbase. Uh, no, uh, I'm not throwing my hands. Uh, no, I am not going into it. I took my Ethereum and I sold almost all of it because my banker wouldn't take it. I was willing to pay J.P. Morgan to take my Ethereum just so that I could have some peace of mind. Yeah. Now, no. we'll, we'll, Instead, we'll, I bought this really nice farm that my buddies, you know, are going to this weekend. 
Oh, yes, that's yeah, right. That's right. Uh, we'll talk some crypto in a little bit. Uh, we do want to get to Twitter in the A block. Oh, we have to. Uh, down sharply in the pre-market, off the lows. Just hours ago, as you may know by now, Elon Musk tweets that the $44 billion deal is, quote, temporarily on hold, pending details supporting calculation that spam and fake accounts do indeed represent less than 5% of its users. Uh, Musk linked a Reuters report from a couple of weeks ago, which does cite a regulatory filing mentioning that stat. He followed up with a tweet a while ago saying, He's still committed to the acquisition, but earlier this week at that FT conference, he was very clear that it is not a done deal. There's still a lot of things that need to get done before this deal concludes. Obviously, there's not yet even been a shareholder vote, um, and, and Twitter has not yet filed the, the proxy for a shareholder vote. Um, so there are still, you know, some outstanding questions that need to be resolved, um, and. Uh, so it, it is certainly not a done deal. Of course, it comes amid the discussion about uh, the margin on Tesla, the discussion of other financing yesterday, the firing of a couple key Twitter execs. Let's bring in David Faber for some guidance on how we should think about this. Morning, David. Good morning, uh, Carl. Good morning, Jim. Yeah, listen, it's it's Musk. And so it's all new. Uh, he makes his own rules. And, you know, even when it comes to mergers and acquisitions and contracts, apparently he thinks he can make his own rules and perhaps he'll end up being correct here. Uh, But you do default to sort of the law. You do default to the contract to a certain extent. And so I'll lay that out for people as best I can, at least at this point. I mean, he signed a deal to acquire this company at 5420. A lot of people point to that reverse break fee of only a billion dollars. True. It's a very small fee, but that really only comes into play if there were regulatory objections that he couldn't get around. Then he'd have to pay that. This is about um, him already potentially being in breach of the merger agreement by casting doubt on the deal itself. It may be one reason why he followed up with that next tweet saying still committed to the acquisition. That certainly seems to have the fingerprints of his lawyers at Skadden Arps on it saying, hey, you better put something else out because uh, you're supposed to use your reasonable best efforts to get a deal done. Uh, And so that did follow. Interestingly, didn't do much to the stock price in terms of bringing it back up. And this is not a surprise in some way. Uh, The stock has been off all week, of course, with the weakness in the market. Uh, Its high was that last Thursday when he detailed all the equity investors who were coming in to join him in this deal. Uh, And we gave you some specifics in terms of the video presentations that he had made to those investors about his plans for the company. It was up in the 50s then. You can see where it is now. And there's no clear sign that this is going to change anytime soon. You know, if you're the Twitter board, where are you right now? Well, maybe you tell Morgan Stanley and Skadden and Elon, hey, we're going to talk to you this weekend. And if you don't uh, make it very clear you're still committed to this deal in every way, we're going to potentially sue you in Delaware next week for breach. I I don't know. That's one guess. Another is, Jim, this is a guy who makes his own rules. And until this deal is actually completed, It will always be in doubt. Does he want a price cut? Maybe. Would he get one? Who knows? Completely unclear at this point if you're the Twitter board, whether you just accede to some sort of price cut. If you did, you'd want a giant reverse break fee that would be applicable in all ways. Uh, But again, it's, it's uncharted territory. It's Musk. I mean, I can't even tell you how many people Jim has said, well, was he was he high when he when he did the deal or was he high when he tweeted that? I mean, who, you know, what other person would anybody ever say that about? And yet this is the world's richest person and its most consequential businessman because he's incredible in what he does. But he does it his own way. Well, he, he's making mockery of everyone, which is rather extraordinary with the SEC, whether it be his law firm, whether 
whether it, it be the whole judicial system. But I will say this, David, the oddest thing, what he's saying that he may not be happy with is what he's been saying is why he wants to buy Twitter. All the phony accounts. Suddenly he says, like, I don't know, maybe there are too many phony accounts. I, I, he is so mercurial. Does he do it, David, because it's enjoyable? You know, he, he must get some enjoyment out of it. He, as I said, he's a man who's always followed his own rules and to great, incredible success, success the likes of which we've hardly ever seen in the business world. I mean, you know, I always come back to that. People can question him in so many different ways. But, yeah, when was the last time you started a company that's sending rockets eventually to Mars? When was the last time you started a, an EV company that sells millions? I mean, you know, we, we can go through it. It, it. There's nobody like yeah. him. Uh, the Twitter route. acquisition, there's always been, yeah, there, you had a paper route. You've done pretty well. Mm. You've done pretty well. But they're not going to talk about you in the history books. Sorry, Jim. Uh, but they will about him. Whether or not this is going to be one for the history books, I just don't know. Nobody does. Listen, his basic contention is that there might be fraud here. Remember, he waived business right. due diligence, said, I don't even need to do that. Now he's looking back at a 10K where they made it very clear, front and center, audited, by the way, saying, yeah, there are a number of false or spam accounts in existence on our platform. They performed an internal review of the sample of accounts. I'm just reading it right here. And they, they think the average of false spam accounts during the fourth quarter represented fewer than 5%. He seems to be saying, well, I'm not sure that's true. If he can prove that and prove fraud, he's out. He doesn't even have to pay his billion dollars. Or if he could prove some sort of material adverse effect. Both those things would seem to be very difficult for him to do, at least at this point, Jim. And so we're left just wondering where, where it all ends. Yeah, I, look, I think you really got it down, David, because I think that uh, I think he, he uh, is able to get out, which, by the way, moves the stock of Tesla way up. Tesla's one of the key stocks in this market. Apple, Tesla, weirdly Coinbase matters. MicroStrategy matters. So you come in and everything feels a lot better because the possibility that he's done selling Tesla, which would make it the world's largest company again, just gives everyone great comfort. Uh, so does he really yeah. want to cut the price, David? I mean, does he really even care? He, I, yesterday I, I thought he had the financing and I wasn't worried about it. He does. He has, he has the financing. Uh, that's another then question, though. Doing? Listen, Morgan Stanley, I think, feels quite comfortable about it, particularly with all those other equity investors involved. The fact that he is still committing an enormous amount of his own net worth to this acquisition. Morgan Stanley feels fine about the financing. Now, if you were to allege fraud that you then prove, does the financing get a little tougher? Could it be pulled? By the way, if the financing were pulled, then he's out, right? I think he pays right. billion, but he's out. Uh, but again, that's highly unlikely. What seems more likely is if he wants a price cut, I'm not quite sure how he gets there, probably end up in Delaware court, always uncertain if you do in some way. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I, uh, many phone calls this morning with a lot of diverse opinions here in terms of how this goes from a camp that says he makes his own rules and always figures out a way to get what he wants to those who say the law is the law. You can't just renege on a contract because you're, un you're unhappy that you signed at that price. So, you know, Jim, uh, I have a sense that this is not over, I think is probably the best conclusion I could come with at this point. Uh, at 40 bucks, you tell me how much that reflects an independent Twitter or where that stock really would go, where they're right. not the 5420 deal to be acquired by Musk. I would think it would be around 30, 32. I don't think it's necessarily doing that well. And the cohort, the Pinterest cohort is doing so badly. And uh, obviously we know that, that Metaverse is, the Meta platform is not doing that well. I mean, Carl, we all grew up in a school of thought, which is that there are judges, there's the executive branch, there's uh, a notion of a Supreme Court. Checks and, and balances. Yes. Yeah. And 
he, did, he missed that class. He didn't take the civics class. And, and so it's very difficult because, like, will he obey? Will he obey? So if you, uh, what would you tell an investor that, say, got burned today on these tweets? Do you think they should join a class action one day, or is this what you get? No, a class action, you get 15 cents. I mean, I think that yeah, yeah. the lawyers make a lot of money in class action. Look, Twitter is valued 32, 33 if he goes away, and you get the, you know, the upside if he stays. And I think if you stay, you're banking on a guy who's just having the time of his life. And I'd rather bank on someone who is um, worried about his life. This guy isn't. I, I wish Twitter were doing better. Then it would be a lot easier to say, listen, hang in there. Well, they are, they are cutting back on hiring, actually rescinding some offers as they freeze hiring. Well, they have right something now. like seven, you know, they have a number of engineers. They have as many engineers as some of the other companies that they don't have as many as Alphabet. But why not buy Alphabet? I mean, the company just yesterday, we had an unbelievable interview. They're doing so well. Why do we have to buy Twitter? Why do we have to hang on, on Musk every single word? I mean, he's a huge amount of fun. I wake up and I look at my Musk five and I see how bad the Sixers did. I mean, I go right through it. But you have to wake up with Musk because it's like we used to wake up. I mean, you know, it's not like Winchell when I was really growing up. But you, you do have to watch Musk because Musk is the most entertaining figure in the world today. But he makes it interesting. But that's not what I want. I don't want to invest in interest. Sure. Uh, our, David, our thanks to you. Uh, enjoy today in our nation's capital and appreciate the, uh, the guidance uh, from the road, our David Faber today. When we come back, Bitcoin, as we said, rebounding after what's been a tough week for crypto. Take a look at the pre-market here. For the weeks to date right now, uh, Dow's down 3.6, S&P 4.7, NASDAQ 6.4. We're back after a break. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Kramer's Matt Dash, it's a good day to keep your eye on Ford. You know, periodically I make some, not as Persians, but I make some jokes about Adam Jonas. Why do I do that? Because he's the most entertaining analyst today, but he's also brilliant, all right? And I know he's brilliant. I try to speak to him a lot. I get through to him sometimes. I don't. But he upgrades Ford today. Now, what I want to give him credit for is the whole way he said, sell it, sell it, 
So he got to his price target and he went from sell to hold. And that's what you want a good analyst to do. He's talking about the possibility that, uh, you know, look, they've got a lot of things going for them. They've got the right, they certainly have the right vehicles. Uh, and he knows, look, he cut the EBITDA, but it's still a situation where he feels they can do, do the numbers. And what I really like about it is that the negative factors include moving our, you know, there's some issues where he's talking about rolling forward discounted cash flow and they obviously need to spend a lot of money on lithium. Uh, they had to spend a lot of money. They had $3 billion in terrible commodity costs. But this is what a good analyst does. Sticks to his guns, says it's a sale, and then it gets there and he upgrades it. Now, I'm going to congratulate him because I know he thinks I make fun of him. Adam, I don't. Lenny Bruce was like the greatest comedian ever. He's an ironic guy. He writes every day. He's brilliant. And this was just a great call. What yeah. can I say? Now, he does keep his target at 13. Right. And he's still assigning zero valuation to the EV business. Right. But I'm going to say he's wrong on that because I think that I think that Farley has much. He has a great lineup. And I think he's going to surprise people in being able to get what he needs in terms of batteries and in terms of semiconductors, including perhaps, I think, major semiconductor companies that are going to commit to him. Right. That's the, that's the whole framework behind Jonas's work right now. Who can guarantee supply. It's and brilliant. for a long time, his argument has been, that's why you buy Tesla above Absolutely. everybody else. Absolutely. Now, I think he's warming up. I'm not saying he feels that, that Jim Farley has it yet. But I am saying that this is, this, is, this is research as it should be. I liked Ford all the way up. He said, don't like it all the way up. I managed to sell some for my child trust very high, in part because of his work. And now it gets down to where it is. And I just want to say, Adam, I love you. Okay, and I called you this morning to tell you I love you, and you didn't call me back, so I'm saying it directly to you right now. <laughs> a nice interview with Squawk this morning. He as was well. fantastic. I was jealous because he's good. We'll get the opening bell in about five minutes, and don't forget, of course, as always, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Just listen to the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. We're back in a moment. Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. I haven't heard a good argument yet why anybody shouldn't put at least 1% of their liquid net worth in, in Bitcoin. Um, anybody can afford to lose 1%. And, but you don't have anything in your portfolio that can go up 10 times or, or more from here. That's Bill Miller yesterday talking about Bitcoin. He's long said 1% of your savings. What the heck? I've got that's what I have. That's all that I've left in it because I feel like that when I couldn't find a bank that would take it without giving me too high an interest rate, uh, that I didn't want to go. Bill is a streaker. There's some times where Bill is like the most important investor in the world, sometimes where he would tell you that he's cold. The fact that he has humility, I always love, and I always love hearing from him. And he's had some amazing calls over time. I think this is not a gutsy call. I think 1% is good. Most of the people I hang out with have about between 1% and 5%. Of, cri- in cri- of crypto, in crypto overall? Yes. In their portfolio? Of their yes. savings or their net worth? Of their net worth. Of their net worth. Which I think is a lot, but I happen to be, you know, I'm in a crowd 
fortunately, we're older and made some money, and people feel that they hate the dollar. So they, almost every one of them hates the dollar. They think it's debased. They're looking for an alternative to the dollar. And that's why. They are not in it because they think that this is the greatest thing. They just think the dollar is the worst thing. Uh, that's gone the wrong way, but we'll see if it changes. The dollar's been amazing. Yep, yep. Uh, we'll talk maybe one day payments uh, as a mechanism for payments. These things are moving slowly, yes, even as are. the prices move quickly. Yes, and I do think that, like NFTs, we had heard that Coinbase wasn't doing well with NFTs, and then we hear that they're doing great with NFTs. I want this story, I want the market to get away from the Coinbase Robinhood and to start focusing once again on, on companies that make things, do things, pay dividends, pay back. I'll give you a, a, a return on capital reason, but we need the market to focus on that. And then that's how you get to a bottom. Not, not through craziness. Yeah. Not through craziness. But I do like things. I mean, I came away last night. I was speaking to Regina Gilgan, my second person. She goes, Jim, this is when you always say, buy Apple. What are you doing? <laughs> I said, you're right. I'll just go out. I mean, Apple's good. Now, will, will, will Luca Maestri put out a note on Monday saying, listen, we've got to cut numbers because of China? He could. And then that'll be the bottom like it was sure, last time. Sure. By the way, at the big board today, we should mention it, it, is, it is Disney celebrating the movie premiere of Sneakerella, John Sally, uh, Sneakerella star, four-time NBA champ. That was John over Sally. Here, yes, uh, doing the cow. honors at the NASDAQ. It's Monterey Capital Acquisition Corp celebrating its recent IPO. I guess we don't have a picture, but he's The farcical action in Disney yesterday was extraordinary. I mean, I was going over both the CFO call and the actual call, and it was so tremendous. And yet the analysts came on and knocked it down. And I swear, I was talking this over with my wife, Lisa, I said, I swear, none of them were on the call. They just weren't on the call. Because if they were on the call, Christine McCarthy, they would have said, wait a second, I've got to buy this stock. But people don't even do work anymore. They just have made up their minds. And that's one of the things that's very disabling to me right now is people have made up their minds. How can they make up their minds without listening to Sanjay Marotra and watching his incredible analyst call yesterday, uh, it, which was an amazing call? And yet no one cared. I mean, I was talking to Sanjay after. I mean, he, he, he said everything. Cell phones strong, auto strong, Internet of Things strong. Margins, capital yeah, return. Yeah, and yeah. no one cared. I mean, it was like, oh, what is That's just another guy coming on, talking his book. No. I mean, he's a real industrialist. He's got the biggest U.S. Um, fleet of, of uh, foundries. I had Global Foundries on the day before. Tom Caulfield, he sold through to 2023. You can't get an order to him. And his stock went down. Now, at a certain point, we've got to stop thinking. Okay, Sam Bankman Freed, thank you very much. Maybe you're allow us, allowing us to focus on, uh, on whether it's time to buy uh, some of the airlines. I don't know. I mean, I just find that we had this great trade going on, people traveling and everything, and then suddenly people say America's best doing poorly. That's actually and they the, to Steve Squarey. the top Dow component right now, uh, AXP, on the but heels I of the downgrade yesterday. Steve Squarey. I make these calls. My life is nothing. It's just a miserable life because all I do is call these people. My wife is saying, will you please do something else other than call people? I said, I don't know, that's what I do for a living. Yeah, yeah. And, and these guys, I keep saying, is it as bad as they say on our air? You know, he's like, no. What, now, they're not giving me any inside information, but what they are saying is, is that, Jim, it's consistent. It's consistent with what I've been saying. It didn't fall off a cliff. 
And I know that that's not, I mean, look at that list of stocks. Walt Disney was, went to 98 yesterday. Goldman Sachs, I don't know how good their quarter is, but I know Visa, they're taking, a lot of places are taking 3% from Visa now, you know, as they go to, to pay for it. But anyway, everybody wants Visa. Did you, you sold some Boeing? Yeah, I, I, okay, so I did, I high-graded my portfolio. I said to myself, I refuse to lose any more money. There's a two-horse race. Just two horses. There's Airbus and Boeing. And Airbus, and Boeing. Is, Airbus has pulled ahead on orders yeah. this year. And I just said, enough. Calhoun, enough. I've got better opportunities. I'm using a source of funds. It's a major defeat to do that. I don't mind saying that. I told it to the people who blow in the club. But honest, honest managers admit they made mistakes. Okay? I made a mistake. I thought Boeing was a better run company. I thought Boeing was the company that saved my father in New Guinea. It was not the same company. Okay? It's a different company. It's a hands-off company. And I, I found it unacceptable to continue to put charitable trust money in that company without them being able to do Dreamliner, without them being able to get any China orders. With the last one was the defense orders were so bad. So, I mean, like, look, I can sit here and be a complete moron and close my eyes to it, or I can just say, you know what? I'm going with Jensen Wong. Miss, I'm going with NVIDIA. So let them take Boeing up. I hope it goes up. I hope it goes to 200. God love it. <laughs> but I just I think I have better things to buy. <laughs> um. Uh, we got to mention energy really quick, Jim. You got crude almost back to 110. You got to buy you got gas stocks. futures record high. Gas crack spreads at a record high. That's yeah, going to get buy some Valero. You buy Valero. That's going to be investigated by the government. But that's because of diesel fuel. I mean, I, last night I had I, I, I had the real Fang one, Diamondback, Mr. Stice, Travis Stice. They're making so much money that I'm not saying they should be investigated, but you know they're not spending a lot anymore. They're they're making fortunes. They're doing a variable dividend. And every, you know, if you want a fang to buy, you buy Diamondback. And I, and I, I would say unabashedly, buy Diamondback here. Uh, because it, the SPR, we, the president is, the SPR does not last forever. We are at what I regard as dangerous levels for the SPR. They can't seem to keep the price of oil down. And fang's got more than anyone. So, I mean, Diamondback is a great story. Just a great story. Yeah, no, diesel inventories are something we're going to watch no, all, all summer long. Jim, uh, the casinos, are they? is this a, a bounce on the hopes of a lockdown lift? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, people believe now that the lockdown lift could happen in the next two weeks. It could happen this weekend. I mean, there the problem is, is you know, all the public health people I deal with are saying, we don't know why they're doing what they're doing. We just don't know why they're doing it. Uh, now, in the last, I'm sure everyone who's watching in the last days knows two or three people who got Omicron. Uh, if you have the, if you have the vaccine, then you have to find out by using the Abbott Labs test. You may not know it. I've been far more sick with laryngitis than I have with Omicron. If you, the Omicron immunity lasts for four months, that's all it lasts for. Then you have to have the booster. That why do they not tell you that? I don't know. They're cowards. I've done more work on this than they have. It's really frightening. Four months after Omicron, you need a booster. But if you do it, then you stay out of the hospital. And I think that's kind of what you want to do. Yeah. But China, China's policy, there will be people in the... It, we, we will discover that there are other people who vote for President Xi. We will discover that President Xi is not immune. We will discover that Vladimir Putin is not immune. These people are not immune because they do not... You can have famine. You can have revolution. You can have mothers against wars. Those of us who remember Vietnam and saw what happened to President Nixon and how he had to pull out of Vietnam. And people said, well, wait a second, that'll never happen. I have to tell you, the, the, the footage out of, out of uh, 
out of uh, Kharkov is just incredible. Yeah. That's a, that's a Russian army in retreat, not unlike the 94-95 Russian army in Chechnya. Not the 2000 army where, where Putin decided to level Grozny. This is a 1994-1995 Russian army, which went with its tail between its legs. Uh, it still didn't stop Yellen from saying that the looming food crisis is going to get really worrisome. She's right about that. I mean, I, I couldn't believe that Tyson Foods had negative... They, they uh, a slowdown in the price of pork, of chicken, of beef. But yeah, we've got 13% of the of the world's calories offline. And you know that, but people still aren't trading down. I had uh, Molson on last night. People are still not trading down in beer. They're still premiumizing in beer. Molson, very good story. First time in five years, accelerated growth, doing a lot of good things. Miller's doing much better. And they've got, by the way, the Topo Chico, that's going to be the hottest drink for the summer. Well, speaking of spending, I know you want to focus on real companies with real things. I like things, those. But what do you do with the firm this morning? What do you do with okay, Toast I, this I morning? I talked to Max a lot. Max had very few bad. He had, had almost no bad, bad uh, be, bank, uh, buy now, pay later. He even had a triple A uh, ABS, a, a, an asset back of his loans. And Max is very, very good. I talked to him even about default. They have very few defaults. That stock can go higher. Max, Max Levchin is a very smart man who really has good analytics about who should be able to get paid. And by the way, if you don't pay it, which there are very people who don't pay, then he works it out with Well, they, you. they did have a small credit provision uh, yes. as opposed to a tailwind last year. They extend the Shopify partnership. That was very important. Uh, GMV was in line, revenue ahead. Um, he did is, great. This is uh, Max last night. Take a listen. Consumer is alive and well. They're shopping, they're buying, they're paying their uh, their loans, at least to a firm, quite well. And uh, generally speaking, things are going according to plan. Uh, the upheaval of the stock market does not seem to have an actual impact on our underlying business, which is performing really, really well. By the way, he said that Amazon is doing quite well. Uh, obviously, Shopify, when, uh, when Harley Finkelstein was on Mad Money last week, he was saying that, yes, we know things are slow, but we're number two. What matters to me is Max has an artificial intelligence model that is correctly proven you should be able to uh, get buy now, pay later, and his loans are not going bad. There was a really ridiculous piece last week about how his late charges are making all the money. He doesn't charge late yeah, fees. Yeah, right. I mean, I was telling him, I said... It's sort of the whole point. Right. I mean, it, that's like, you know, the one thing about the Joby car, it doesn't fly. No, I mean, I don't know if Joby really flies, but it was such an insult. The journalism we're seeing right now is amazing. The whole point of Max Levchin is he doesn't charge late fees. And it said the hidden late fees, of, there are no hidden late fees. Well, his view on the consumer is going to get ratified or not next week with Depot, Walmart, uh, Target, Kohl's. We need good weather this weekend. No one is at Home Depot when you can't plant. I planted on Saturday and everything I planted was in the woods blowing away on Sunday. You can't, you need good weather. If you get good weather, you can come in and buy Home Depot. It is that, it is that simplicity. Really? Yeah, this is your last weekend that you can plant really and this is their this is this their, and next week this is their Christmas last two. in a sense. Yeah, yeah and, and you know you have to plan or else you miss the season. Um, B of A this morning makes the point, Jim, that for those that are looking for a bounce, should be heartened by uh, the unwinding of the short yen trade and to a degree the long commodity trade. I, and although today you wouldn't really notice it. Well, look, I think that we come in today and the world didn't end. I think a lot of people felt that stablecoin was going to be the next 
Uh, I was going back and forth with my nephew, uh, Cliff Mason, who's my, also my head writer and also my only writer. And, you know, he took out, when I do a draft, we said, it's called Masonizing. Uh, I sent it to him and I said, look, this could be as bad as housing. And he, the draft came back and said, of course, it's nowhere near as bad as housing. I never bet against my nephew. He said, how can you possibly put this stable coin in with the destruction of America through housing? And he's right. 2007, 2009, no. But we do have a 2000 problem where there's a lot of money in things. I mean, there's a piece out today by, about Toast. Uh, which is Toast is a point yeah. of sale. Yeah, they got it above. They got it above, but their cash flow is one. The cash flow is down dramatically, the free cash flow. And I remember at my old restaurant, you know, we had one of these guys, another guy comes in and says, listen, I want to m- pull your point of sale out, put a new point of sale. I said, how much is that going to cost? Because no, we're giving it away. How do you make the money? Well, you know, we're figuring that out. Yeah. I mean, that's a bad business. Point of sale is a bad business. So don't own those stocks. You're not, you're not a fan of Toast here. I'm not, no, yeah. no, because in the end, everybody wants to be toast. You, you should be a fan of DoorDash if you like toast. Right, right. DoorDash, I like Tony's show. I spent some time with him. Yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, I, I think Tony, one of the hardest working people on, on earth. They're going to win. Um, Airbnb is going to win. But you have to go through some pain while they win because they have to spend a lot of money to win. Sure. Now, I don't know if you watched. Uh, if you watch Brian Chesky's film about what Airbnb's doing, I thought it was interesting. It's about going by destination. Yeah, uh, you, you can do architecture. You I can do it. yeah, bunch of new features this week. I but a lot of people said, Jim, you just like Brian too much. But I'm, <laughs> like, I'm, I got a, I have a uh, graduation coming up in Washington D.C. I always stay at the same hotel, and, and my wife said, We're not staying at a hotel. We're staying at Airbnb. I said, Why don't we just like you know? It's just them. We're going to go and we're going to find places that look like castles in Georgetown. Thank you, Brian Chesky. <laughs> uh, there's a look at Airbnb. We mentioned the casinos uh, responding to some of this optimism on China lockdown and talking more about the pandemic's effect on China is Eunice Yoon, who joins us this morning from Beijing with a look at the economic impact of those restrictions. Hi, Eunice. Hey, guys. Well, I'm on a street with a lot of little shops here in Beijing, and the sign behind me is becoming a very familiar sight. It says closed until further notice because of the pandemic. So uh, Beijing is not officially in lockdown, but it definitely feels like it. Streets are very, very quiet, even though it's a Friday night. Uh, Most people have been mandated to work from home, offices, uh, shopping malls, Everything has been shut. Um, And then it's also really difficult to get around because public transport as well as taxis are heavily restricted. Now, uh, the most uh, heavily affected really have been a lot of the small businesses. And these small businesses are major employers in the city. One of the reasons why the leadership here has been really concerned about jobs. Uh, So uh, I've been talking to a lot of little street vendors. Uh, Some have been doing whatever they can to try to survive. And that generally has meant that we've seen curbside um, a lot of um, small vendors uh, putting whatever they can, uh, sometimes even entire spreads of their menus, um, trying to sell uh, their goods on the sidewalk. One noodle seller who uh, normally would be bustling and busy uh, in an office tower said that uh, she was only able to sell about 5% of her uh, normal sales. Uh, There hasn't been a whole lot of relief for these people. In fact, today, Beijing said that there were only 51 new infections. However, the restrictions 
just keep coming. And the one that a lot of people here are talking about now is that China has said that it's going to bar overseas travel for uh, many of its citizens for because it's it's mainly focused on non-essential travel. And uh, the government actually had denied today reports that some of their authorities have actually snipped up and cut up some passports of Chinese travelers who've returned to the country when they came, um, when they, once they arrived at the airport. Uh, Eunice, we're seeing headlines over here. Uh, we're seeing predictions from companies that the lockdowns get lifted in June. We're hearing, uh, seeing headlines about victory over the virus being announced in the weeks to come. Is that being telegraphed uh, to local residents in any way? It is in uh, um, that we've, we've heard from a city official, say, in Shanghai, have uh, floated the idea that maybe by uh, sometime in May uh, there could be an end to uh, this lockdown period. Uh, also, there's been projections for possibly in June, just because the numbers do keep going down. But it's still very difficult to say. Uh, for example, here in Beijing, there have been many more buildings that are going into lockdown. And the way the lockdown period works is that if one positive case is in your building, then the building is locked down for 20 days. And if there are any other new infections that come up within that period, another 10 days is added to that building. So you could see how the 20 days plus the 10 days plus another 10 days, it really adds up for a long period of time, which is why the whole city is on edge and people are stockpiling. Okay, Eunice, China is a great and powerful country and an advanced country with a decent medical care system. They have BioNTechs if they wanted to use it. They could make it so that Omicron is like us, where you come, take a couple days off and then you're back at work. I still do not understand why they do not adopt a Western way of doing things, because then this would end and they would go back to having great growth. What is keeping them from adopting a Western style of medicine? I think you just answered your own question, and that is that you described it as a Western style solution, which uh, the current administration is uh, showing that it's allergic to. So especially because this year, President Xi Jinping is supposed to be uh, stepping in with a political reshuffle towards the end of the year, possibly going to have an unprecedented uh, third term, maybe even going beyond that. And uh, with that in mind, uh, the idea that a foreign solution can now uh, uh, be the way uh, for China after uh, the, the messaging for years has been that the Chinese way of zero COVID has been um, very successful compared to um, what's seen as a kind of a, a messier way of just kind of live with the virus of the West. Um, this is uh, just not um, palatable in uh, this political environment. Incredible. Incredible how unfortunate and ill-advised their strategy is. Uh, Eunice, your, your reporting is, uh, is so valuable to us uh, here stateside. We're grateful as always. Uh, Eunice Yoon in Beijing this morning. A quick reminder, you can get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Just sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash join the club. Use the QR code on the screen if that makes it easier. Uh, before we go to break, we did get Powell confirmed yesterday. Uh, the vote 80 to 19, and then he gave an interview to NPR saying if things get worse, we're prepared to do less. If things get better, prepared to do more. Uh, right now, 10 years back above 2.9. We're back in a moment. 
It's time for Jim and Stop Trading. It's time to snack. We got a couple upgrades, some positive things about Krispy Kreme yesterday. Now, Krispy Kreme, they're, they're willing to give you a donut with the, uh, with the vaccine. I think that's good. That could be for China. That could solve the problem there, right? You know, you know, you know that general chow there. Uh, they've got to do something. I mean, Eunice Yu is just so good. I want her to come home. I mean, honestly. I, we worry about her all I, the time. I want her to come home. Yeah. I mean, I love her so much, and she, the stuff she has to say is so difficult. But, uh, yeah, donut. Krispy Kreme, uh, HSBC likes it. I have Utz on tonight with a name like Utz. It's got to be good. Um, I have Zebra, which is actually a point-of-sale company. And then I have Hostess, Twinkies. They're doing incredibly well. They're so bad for you. By the way, I had a donut that had caffeine in it. I didn't sleep for three days. (laughs) Um, But to your earlier point, the key to the market is in, not in these names. No, the key to the market is to go back and look at the fundamental companies that are doing quite well, that have been totally lost in this fray about, about Sam Bankman-Fried, who's going to save Robin Hood, and is Coinbase okay, and, te- and, and, and whether there's Tether. I mean, we've got to get away from that. We've got really good companies doing really good things whose stocks have come down dramatically, and they seem interesting to me. You got a good weekend planned, I hope. Yeah, I sure do. do a little, maybe do a reading about a new CBS book coming out. Oh, very nice. Yeah, very positive. Yes. Uh, we will see you tonight uh, and Monday, of course, Jim. Uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. When we come back, a lot more on the Twitter drama surrounding Elon Musk's tweets about the takeover as S&P 4K. And we're just seven points below. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com.